0: I'm Kathy Davidson, and welcome to our women's meeting. It's not just my women. We have a group of women here, and those of you that are watching via live stream, we are endeavoring to walk in the power of God, in the power of the gospel, in the the Holy Ghost. And I welcome you to join your faith with ours, that God can minister to you. Are you expecting God to minister to you when you tune in? Are you expecting God to do something for you? That's why we come together. Otherwise, why would we want to even do that? All right, Lark, you got a tongue?
1: I do. I know you do. Go ahead. Kora shenere do soto Did not I
0: say to you that you have this treasure in earthen vessels? Do you not know that my my spirit, my spirit that created the world through the words of Jesus is in you? Do you not know that the same spirit that has all nine gifts and all people is in you? Are you desiring for those gifts? Are you coveting those gifts? Are you searching for me? Are you wanting me? Those that hunger after righteousness, those that hunger after the Spirit, those that hunger after the gifts, shall be filled. Seek me. covet the gifts. Earnestly covet the gifts. Because when you ask, you will receive, saith the Lord. Amen. Amen? Oh, I like that. All right, let's go ahead and open with prayer. Father, I thank you for that interpretation. I thank you that you show no respecter of persons. I thank you you will show yourself strong on anybody's behalf that will believe. Father, open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts that we can attend under the things like Lydia did. Open our eyes that we can see. Father, that we can see the gospel and your power. Father, I ask for grace on this meeting. Your grace. Your grace. We didn't ask for it. We don't deserve it. But you did it anyway. I ask for that grace on this meeting. In Jesus' name, amen. Lark, come on up. Lark, when did you start Water of Life? What, you? 83. 83? 83. Oh, so you were here a year before I was. Amen. Lark has a tremendous testimony. A tremendous testimony. And we all watched her walk through it. I tell you what, this testimony will encourage you. It will. Go ahead.
1: Well, I'll start at the beginning. Um, Before I found out I had cancer, I don't remember the time frame, maybe a few weeks beforehand. Either the Lord woke me up, or I woke up, and he was standing right next to my bed. I didn't see him physically, but he said strongly it was powerful. I gave my back to the smiters for you. That was awesome. I just went around the next few days just, wow, that was powerful. He gave his back to the smiters for me. I didn't know until January of 17, went to the doctors. He called my husband out from the waiting room and told me I had cancer. We, and I just started... I wanted to laugh. I I held it back, I suppressed it, and then I started laughing. And he looked at me like, what is wrong with you, lady? (laughs) And um, he kept asking because I didn't freak out. Uh, We finally got downstairs to the parking lot, and I just broke out in laughter. But I did realize the seriousness of it, and the first thing I wanted to do is drive here to Doyle's office, which we did. When we came into his office and relayed what the doctor had said, he said, "That's a lie. <laughs> That's a lie. Um, thank God." And and once we were we were talking, and out of my spirit rose, which kind of surprised me. I said, "Am I not the daughter of Abraham?" And thank God for that because that helped me immensely through this whole ordeal. You know, like our natural parents, I wanted to be like my dad. I have my dad's nature. And so I related that to Abraham. I can have that nature of Abraham. And Abraham's nature was he considered not, he considered not his own body. He only considered the Word of God. So Lark, because she's a daughter of God, a daughter of Abraham, God, could do the same thing and I consider not from that moment on and if you're believing God if you're only considering the Word of God you'll never consider anything else you won't consider you won't consider what's going on in your body you won't consider what somebody says you will only consider the Word of God and that's the path I started on now Doyle did say there'll be two paths you have to walk you're gonna have to overcome your family and you're gonna have to overcome medicine which kind of surprised me but that's what a prophet of God said. Getting back to a prophet of God, because we're in a, a prophet, apostle prophet ministry, all through the years since 83, what was built in me was if um, in Second P- Peter 3, if you have no great amazement, I'm paraphrasing, if you have no great amazement, um, you, you know, you just won't freak out. God'll, God's built that in me. He built that in me all those years, so that's why I didn't freak out. That that was built in me, not to have that great amazement, that fear. So I had a, a great advantage to begin with. So we started uh, walking down that path, and right away, with concerning the medicine part, um, ran in doctor, doctors that would have to be overcome. One I renamed Dr. Frankenstein. She had a spirit in her that did not like me, um, Doyle did say, When you walk this, you obey and do everything they tell you to and the um, and we did and anyway, we overcame Dr. Frankenstein we also overcame <laughs> we overcame a doctor that read reports the scans incorrectly, and told me I was healed, only to have that was the chemo doctor only to have a uh, um Radiation doctors say, this is not true. So we went back, I went back, and I conf- had to confront the chemo doctor and say, this is not true, why did you say that? Which was an unpleasant thing to do, because I don't like confrontation. I don't think anybody does. That was a real overcoming. And he backwalked everything. I ended up not going in for blood tests to see him, and I w- we, my ra- radiation doctor switched me to another doctor, an oncologist. And thank God for that. Uh, but he said, um, he was offended, and he called me, the doctor that's that said I was healed, and I confronted. He called me one day, and he goes, how come you're not coming in? And I told him why. And he said, well, you're going to die. That That is in your blood. And I also, in backing up, Doyle had told me, Doyle had texted to me a text uh, in Isaiah, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every that tongue that comes up against you you know will not affect you i'm okay and so that that's what i said to that doctor right away and thank god god just i mean i'm amazed at how he would get me into one situation how he just he he led me the whole way he always every every scan every appointment every time i went i had three sessions of chemo three sessions of radiation Every time he went before me, comforted me, he taught me how to really guard my heart. Uh, and you have to. You have to against what, when doctors tell you, you're going to die. It's in your blood. Uh, and nurses, and just, uh, just looking out at the patients around you, in the waiting room, in, when you're having the um, procedures done. He was always in there, always there with me, went before me, encouraging me. And I just I thank God the, the the main thing the things that helped me from the very get-go was believing the gospel. You have to believe the gospel. You have to. And I would encourage myself. I would I would grab on to everything. Katie makes tons of uh YouTube videos. I would listen to those. I would listen to everything Doyle had to say. I would grab on to every every word that came out of this sanctuary. I would try to be here as many times as I could. Over the years, I remember this really helped me a lot. Terry Brown had said, no matter how bad you feel, if you can just be here, just get here and be around that anointing, just be around here, because what does that anointing do? It breaks that yoke. I just held on to, I held on to Isaiah 53, surely, and I love that word, surely, of course he'll do this for you, surely, surely he will, he bore my sicknesses, my pains, surely he did, by his stripes I'm healed, I held on to that, I held on to when Jesus came to me and he said, by my stripes you're healed, I saw those stripes, I saw them in the spirit, I saw what they did. I saw flesh and blood fly out of his back. He did this for me. He did this for you. He did this for all of us. He's no respecter of persons. What he's done for one, he'll do for another. Amen. And just, just hold on to that. That's what I did. I just held on to the word of God. He, Jesus could not have breathed his last breath on that cross until he had my cancer on him. He couldn't have died until he, he had my cancer on him. And when he was in hell and worshipped God. And God was satisfied. Was satisfied with what, the, what he went through. For me. For me. For you. Then he raised that exceedingly great power. Raised him up. And when he raised him up. He raised me. And he raised me whole. Whole. He raised me whole and those are the things I held on to. And if you're doing that, you won't have time to consider any doubt. You won't. And it is a it it was it was a fight. It was a lot of pressure that I didn't know I was gonna experience, like going to the grocery store, putting in your credit card, and you forgot your PIN number that you've pinned in a million times. Just stuff like that. But you you overcome that. You just and thank God that song, One Day at a Time, I'm glad I didn't have to live any more than one day at a time. <laughs> I,
0: tell, I, I,
1: want,
0: I want to ask you, I mean, I, we watched you. You would have the chemo on a Wednesday or Thursday?
1: Yeah. Yes, Wednesday.
0: Wednesday. Thursday, she'd be here dancing.
1: And Sunday is when all that medicine would hit your body. And we'd come, have to come twice. That was a fight. And you were here.
0: I remember one night, I mean, I watched you. I watched you, you didn't, you didn't regard how you felt. You didn't let it stop you. And you got out there and you worshiped God. I I watched your face, I watched you. And I remember one night I came in here, I was so heavy. And I was so just hard, sicky, the whole bit. And I looked down and Lark went by me and I went, Kathy, you better gird it up and you better start fighting because you don't have the fight that woman has you know what? She fought it, and you
1: won. Amen. You won. Amen. I had a lot of help.
0: Yes. I had a oh, lot of that's help. What
1: we're here Amen. for. From all of you. From, and all. Yeah. And all. And Kathy Mice, thank you, girl. Yes. I love you. Thank you. Amen.
0: And, and uh, what was the other thing I wanted to bring out? Well, your family. I mean, they, I saw your family with you, fighting with you. Not the, the ones you had there fighting with you, Amen. and and uh, it was such a, it was a huge <laughs> blessing. And what was the last report from the doctor?
1: Perfecto, everything's. This is what I wanted to say exactly is what he said. Everything yeah. gone. Amen. Everything is gone. Gone.
0: And it's not going to come back.
1: No, no,
0: no. Now one more thing. Uh, you and I talked about this, and I want everybody to hear this. You could have the power of God's here in this this ministry, you could have been healed in an afternoon. But that wasn't the will of God. So what happened to Lark because she wasn't healed?
1: One afternoon. If I thought I had a revelation of the gospel before, I don't have it like I have now, and although it was tough for 22 months, I'm so thankful. Oh, yeah. I'm so thankful. God built
0: a strength in you that I've not seen in many. And how did he build it? He had to walk you through the valley. I'm thankful.
1: Yeah. It's, I am. When we get on the other side,
0: we're thankful. <laughs> yes. Really thankful. Amen. Amen. Thank you. If you'll turn that off. Um, I'm going to pick up there. I want you to turn to John 10. A couple of scriptures I want to share with us that go right along with Lark's testimony. It was so fun to watch her come through this. Chapter 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, this is Jesus speaking. Verily, Jesus speaking. Truly, verily, verily, I say unto you. What he's talking here is truth. Do you believe the word of God? It cannot be broken. He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door door is the shepherd of the sheep. Look at verse 3. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and the shepherd leads them out. He leads the sheep out. He does not open the door and let them go where they want to. He does not open the door and, and let them scatter. He leads the sheep. And when he put forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. Before them. Jesus isn't walking beside you. He's going before you. Don't forget that. Oh, he's with you, but he's in front of you. Lark said that in in her testimony. He was always there before she was. He was always there. He was always comforting. He was always walking her through. He putteth forth, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. If you are born again, you have the shepherd in you. You have the shepherd in you, if you are born again, and he will lead you. And you know what? Those words say, if you were born again and you have the shepherd in you, you can hear him. You can hear him. You've got to trust that you can hear him. And you will, you'll feel something in your midsection saying to you, talking to you. And you have to learn that's Jesus talking. And you know what? He will never lie and he will never say anything to you that's not in the word of God, that doesn't line up with the word. If it doesn't line up with the word, that's not Jesus talking, and that's a stranger. But you know, when you start listening, when you start listening, you'll hear the shepherd. And one way you can hear is you read the word of God out loud. You must read the word of God out loud. We say it over and over again, but you must. Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God, Jesus is the word. You want Jesus? Read the Word of God out loud. And you will get this Jesus in you. And you will be reading that word, and a word will pop up, and you can hear that voice saying, This is for you. Oh, what a comfort, what a comfort that Holy Ghost that only ministers Jesus is. Now turn with me to Romans twelve. I'm going to address something that, some, that we have often heard, but I want it done um, on my program. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, and that's ladies too. We are, that's, that word is both. By the mercies of God, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You want to walk with God? You're going to have to hand over your life. I love the way somebody described it because I was in the sign business. It's like him handing you the invoice. But he doesn't have anything written on it. And you sign your name. You sign your name. I told Dole once, you know, I wish I could have read this invoice before I signed it. But you can't. You give God a blank sheet of paper with your name on it. Whatever you want to do with me, whatever you want to do with me, go ahead and do it. That is presenting your body a living sacrifice. But don't forget this. You are handing your heart, your soul, your body to the man that created this world. To the man that healed everybody that came to him. To the man that, that prospered everyone from the gospel. You're handing your life over to the one that knows better than you what is good for you. And only, only wants the best for you. Only wants the best. Sometimes we don't want the best. Sometimes God puts us in a situation and we say, I don't want this. And then we find out later, like Lark found out, it was the best place we could have been. It was the best place we could have been. Why? When affliction comes, you got to use your faith to get out, and your faith grows. And we all know Lark's strength today is ten times, a hundred times more than it was when she walked into this. Why? She had to fight for her life. And she won. Now, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, transformed, changed, but to be changed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and Perfect will of God. There are three different wills of God here. Three. He lists three. Oh, thank God he lists three. He said that you may prove. That word prove means to test. It means to prove. It means to test. It means to it means to examine. It means you gotta figure it out. But look at this. It says there is a good will. There is an acceptable will, and then there's a perfect will. Do you know we don't start off in the perfect will of God? Oh, do we know that. Oh, do we know that. You know what Jesus called the new Christian? You know what he said to Peter when when he was getting ready to, to send up the Father? He had risen from the dead. He was getting ready to go back to heaven so he could send the Holy Ghost. Do you know what he said to Peter? He said, Peter, feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. Do you know he knows when we're beginning? He knows when we're babies in this. Do you know you can be in this 30 years and, and be a baby? It's whenever you decide to walk. And when you decide to walk with Jesus, you start out as a lamb. Bah! All the time. Oh, we had Sam the lamb at our house. Sam the lamb lived with us for about uh, six months or a year. I can't remember. Sam the lamb was just a little bleeding sheep. Oh, it bad all the time. You don't dare leave him alone. Or he would baa. He was hungry all the time. He wanted attention all the time. You know what? We start out as that little lamb. I thank God he put that little lamb in our house. He followed us around. He he either followed my sister or I around because we were the ones feeding him at 3 o'clock in the morning. I helped my sister, we took turns. It was her lamb. But that little thing would follow you around everywhere. That's what a little lamb's supposed to do. We start out with Jesus' little lambs. You know what? He knows we're a little lamb. He loves little lambs. He loves their bleeding. Bah! He loves them. And then they grow up to be sheep. Then they grow up to be sheep. I want you to turn to 1 Peter 2-2. It says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Do you see how you're supposed to grow in this? Do you see how you're supposed to grow with Jesus? He tells you right here how to grow. He says, as newborn babes, and we, you know what? I still desire the sincere milk of the word. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. That's how you grow with the word of God. And the word of God that gives you the most growth is the gospel. You will find that all the word of God, all the word of God concentrates into the gospel. That Jesus died, that he was sent to die for you. That he was sent to be buried for you. That he was sent to be raised from the dead for you. All the word of God you will see someday as you're reading concentrates into that. The whole reason for this world is Jesus gets to have preeminence. And he got that preeminence through the death, burial, and resurrection. Oh, it's so lovely to have the gospel. Now, I'm going to go back to Romans 12. About the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. As we have taught here, you cannot heal cancer if you can't heal a cold. There is a good, there's an acceptable, there's a perfect will of God. You don't start out in the perfect. I will tell you a testimony. I had a sister-in-law. I was just married. We had not been married, oh, probably... Five years—it was under five years—we were married. My sister-in-law, my husband's sis, uh, sister-in-law, got cancer, and it was a long battle, and she died. She died. So she got rid of. She she got well for a little bit, and it came right back, and she died. And I—this was before I came here. We went through all that, and then we came to Water of Life. And one day we were in the prayer meeting, and I started weeping. And Doyle came over to me, and he said, what, what, is, what is up with you? And I said, I have such guilt. I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. I said, I had a sister-in-law. She died of cancer, and I couldn't help her. My prayers couldn't help her. And Dole blessed me. He said, Kathy, you couldn't. He said, Kathy, you couldn't. He said, you didn't have the faith for that. He said, "He said, you don't be condemned. You didn't have the faith. You know what? That was a tremendous comfort for me. If you don't have faith for, like I said, getting rid of a cold, you don't have faith to heal cancer. Jesus is not stupid. But you know what? Jesus knows us. When we're working on the faith to get rid of a cold. He never leaves us. He is the shepherd. He's the shepherd. Do you know he knows exactly what you need to get you to the perfect will of God? You are not walking this walk alone. You are not thrown out there on your own two feet saying, okay, you walk, and we'll see if you ever reach the end. That's what I felt like. When I first started walking in this, I thought, I'm all here by myself. I don't even know what to do. You have a shepherd. Nobody showed me I had a shepherd, and the word of God was getting me to the shepherd to where I could hear the shepherd. I laughed, I don't know if you heard this, uh, me a couple days ago, I was talking to Dawn, Terry, we up in the set, and I said, and I said this, you're not gonna be able to heal cancer if you can't heal a cold. And you know what I had right then? All the symptoms of a cold. Oh, the moment I said that I thought, oh Jesus. Because I had all the symptoms of a cold. My nose was running. My eyes were watering. I had a tremendous compression in my head. I had a headache. I mean, I couldn't keep from pulling the Kleenex out. I thought, what am I doing up here? Every two minutes, I'm pulling a Kleenex. I had all the symptoms. And it only got worse. And I thought, there you are, Kathy. You know, the devil. There you are, telling them, you know, telling them, you can't heal a cold. You can't heal cancer. What are you doing up there? You know, yeah. But you know what? I went home, and and I I went upstairs to my room by myself, got on my knees, started praying. The the symptoms didn't go away. I I had a miserable night. Two o'clock in the morning, I finally said, I'm going downstairs. I don't want to wake him up. I was, you know, I just, I was miserable. But I went downstairs, sat on the couch, and I started thanking God. Just thanking him. Thanking him for the gospel, thanking him for me, for what he's done for me, thanking him, thanking him. And I heard at three o'clock, I heard Dole upstairs praying. You know, when he started praying, I fell asleep. When I woke up, not a single symptom. They were all gone. I told Dole, next time I'm kicking your bed at 1 a.m., 12 a.m., I'm not going through the whole night. But you know what? no symptoms. You don't get rid of a cold in one evening. They were all gone. No headache. No, you know, I mean, I blow my nose every once in a while anyway, but oh, that was wonderful. This perfect, uh, good, acceptable, perfect. If you, don't, if you don't know where your faith is, you go to the doctor. You go. That's what this says. There is an acceptable will of God. Did you know this Bible says it's acceptable to go to a doctor if you need one? Did you know that's what it says? There is an acceptable will of God. When we don't have the faith, we don't want to die. And Jesus doesn't want you that fast. If you don't have the faith, you go to a doctor. That is God's acceptable will. Doyle spoke that the other day. He said he had the symptoms of an append- of appendicitis. And he knew if he didn't go to the doctors, he was a dead man. And he told God, I don't want to go without your permission. And God said, it is my acceptable will that you go. And we still have Doyle with us today. It's God's acceptable will. I want to show us one more thing here. It's such a blessing. You know what? Jesus knows exactly where you are, and you can be dead honest with him. You can be dead honest with him. You know where your faith is, and you start with the little things. You start believing God for that. For 15 bucks to have a hamburger, my first time was 15 dollars for tacos. And 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 trust and learning how to trust God. He's your shepherd. He's right in front of you. He is not going to condemn you for trying. And that's what I want you to show you right here. Matthew 13. I'm going to begin in verse 22. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Not only that, he has no respect for persons. The way he treats the John is the same way he's going to treat you. The same way he treated Peter, the same way he's going to treat you. He's going to treat you the same. It's just we just have different jobs. And we all know he was riding Peter's tail pretty hard. Why? He knew the job Peter was going to have to do. And he was getting him ready for it. Now, verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. This is our Messiah. This is our shepherd. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when evening was come, he was there alone praying. But the ship, it had all the disciples in it, was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, that's after 3 a.m., the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. I don't know about you, but if I thought that was a spirit, Loud. <laughs> but anyway, cried out for fear. But straightway, look at this straightway, Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Now, Peter answered Jesus and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Let me step out on the water. Let me step out on the water. Let me, let me use my faith. Jesus, let me come. And you know what Jesus said? Come on. He said, come on. He said, come on. Now you say, well, what if I screw up? What if I, my faith isn't there? You'll know pretty quick. You'll know it down here. Remember, faith is trust. But he told Peter, come on. He told Peter, come on. He didn't say, now you're not ready for this. You have yet to be established. You don't know the gospel enough. No, he didn't say that. He said, come on. Jesus is always saying, come on. Jesus is saying to you, like he said when we began the program with the gifts, come on, come on. He said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water. Peter walked on the water forget that Peter walked on the water to go to Jesus but when he saw the wind boisterous he was afraid and beginning to sink he cried saying Lord save me now pay attention what your Messiah did did he let Peter drown no what did Jesus do Immediately, immediately. Did he let Peter flounder in the water for a little while? No. Immediately, our Savior. Immediately. He, uh, yeah, devil. Immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. Do you see that? Immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught. Him? Did he let Peter fail? No. No. That's your Messiah. That's your shepherd. He is not going to let you fall. He will not let you fall. Oh, you think you fell. But no, he will not let you fall. Immediately, he stretched out his hand and grabbed Peter. and And he said unto Peter, Oh, thou of little faith. Wherefore didst thou doubt? Now, did he turn around and tell Peter, that's the last time I'm going to deal with you. You're out of here. Did he do that? No. Peter went on to be Jesus' right-hand man. Peter went on to bring the gospel to the world. Even the Gentiles came through Peter. Jesus knew what Peter was going to be. It says, and when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. That's your Messiah. That's your Messiah. You don't be afraid to step out and use your faith. Don't be afraid to try. You know where I learned how to do tongues and interpretation? In the field behind our house in Frisco. That's where I learned. That's where I learned how to prophesy. That's where I learned all of that. I was out praying, working, wanting, Coveting. God dealt with me one day. I said, Thou shalt not covet. And you want me to covet the gifts? <laughs> yes. Covet them. Go after them. Why? Because you use the, the Spirit works through you and look at what you do. Look at what you do. Those are gifts. You hear that? The Holy Ghost is a gift. Those are gifts. By the gift, they're gifts. Do you have to work for them? No. They're gifts. Covet them. Go after them. They'll help you walk. All right? And we know, if I'm going to read the last verse to you, uh, you don't have to go there, but in 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord when we got our eyes on Jesus and nothing else, we are changed into the same image, that image of Jesus, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Holy Ghost and your shepherd's goal is to get you to be like Jesus. That is their goal. That is what they're going to do if you will stay with them. That is their job. They will lead you. They will guide you. Look at how they guided Lark. He walked her through some tremendous valleys, but he never left her. And she came out victorious. One day we will thank God for the tribulation. One day we will thank God. Amen? Anyone need prayer? Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you for grace. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Jesus, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your grace. Jesus, I thank you for your abundant grace. Jesus, I thank you for grace. For grace on these meetings. For grace on everyone that hears my voice. That grace. That grace. That grace, Jesus. That grace... I thank you, Jesus, for that grace. We don't deserve it. We didn't ask for it, but that grace was given anyway. That gospel was given to us anyway. That grace, that grace here now with that power, Father, that grace, that grace Father, I thank you for that grace now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for that grace. I thank you, Jesus, for that grace. I thank you for that grace. I thank you for more grace. I thank you, Jesus, for more grace. I thank you, Jesus, for more grace. More grace. More grace. And thank you, Jesus, for more grace. More grace on these lives. More grace. More grace. Jesus, more grace. Now, more grace. For those that are watching, more grace. More grace. More grace. More grace. could do that all day. Amen. Father, I thank you now. I thank you for that grace in these lives. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next week.
1: Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.